wrestling nerds, you're about to sink your ear holes into a big old serving of the motherfucking IndyCast. For over eight years, the best of independent wrestling interviews, pop culture, debates over topics like breakfast cereals and the Muppets, plus more innuendo than you could shake a goddamn stick at. So here is Maximus Chad Allen, Sticky Fucking Steamboat, Zach Romero, and occasionally Duchess Von Finger Bang Luna Lynn, as they bring you the fucking Indie Cats, exclusively on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndieCast. Uh, Chad Allen, Zach Romero here with you with an after dark episode. No guests today, but uh, Zach, I believe, has some just uh, it's a good old random topic episode. I think I would call it uh, a little bit. Yeah, we're we're going to we're going to venture a few different uh, ways here and and unfortunately get way too into actually being a regular wrestling podcast, which I hate. Uh, but first of all. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, hello to you, Chad. Wonderful to have you back on Howdy. the show again. I know. Uh, we're forming it. Excellent uh, last couple episodes, though. So Thank um, you, thank you, thank you. I did my best to uh, Barbara Walters, and I hope everybody um, enjoyed the very lengthy interview with Christian Override, yeah. um, especially Jeez. the big put-over uh, second half, where just everyone who's ever been nice to us, we just were like, you're great. Um and then for some people, we offended both strippers and wrestlers alike. Yeah, well, you so, know, hooray. that's how the show goes. But, uh, but yeah, so I want to start the episode here with a quick, oh, derailing. I'm doing a derailing, derailing. derailing the show. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, without getting too much into the private life of Chad Allen, um, I know recently. I don't, I don't know if you remember, by the way, we've had a lot of episodes that have gone very deep into my private life. So I don't well, know if I'm true, worried true, about that. But let's just hear me out here. So uh, recently you had posted uh, about a certain uh, life event that had come about with your youngest daughter. And so in the spirit of the future of this very show and the questions that we will now ask any wrestler on the show who's probably under the age of 30. Right. Uh, Piper is now maining Kirby yes. in Super Smash Brothers. I thought this I was, this know, was going. Who are you maining in Super Smash Brothers? Uh, right now, it is it is a very odd. Uh, uh, I, I have a tag team basically okay. Okay. that I am splitting between. Um, one of them right now is uh, Bowser. Excellent. Who is not my main actually? Bowser's okay. I guess probably my one B, but I use Bowser a lot. Uh, especially both for the fire breathing and like this, like kind of spinning top attack that he does um, where he like goes into his shell and, and, and gives a spin. Cause those both seem to be pretty successful for me. Um, but, but my main one lately uh, is, uh, is captain Falcon. <laughs> yeah. Because... Oh, outstanding. Because there's nothing I love more than the than the freaking Falcon Punch. Uh, it's yes, just yes. goddamn hysterical. It's slow as hell, but if you can time it just right, it's absolutely wonderful. So, and we've been um we've been playing story. We've been playing the story mode. Okay, good. actually, good. Uh, we've been playing the adventure mode, and what me and the girls do is we um just kind of rotate the controller. Like Brilliant. I do a battle, she does a battle, Cheyenne does a battle, and um, but because it's piper playing specifically um we've got the level set on very easy right um because i i you know, i did because let's be honest it's more fun when you win um I was just about so, to say, there's a i know there's a big argument for like the best part of the game is the challenge and da, 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 but you know what sometimes you just want to fucking cakewalk it and just see right. what the game has to offer and, and we've been having fun cakewalking it and don't get me wrong there's still some levels in there that are real pain in the ass of course even in the cakewalk there is like one in there where you're on the donkey kong level mm -hmm. um like from the original video game like the original donkey kong you oh, yes, are yes, yes. it's it's you fighting you're supposed to be fighting peach but peach is constantly running away from you she's getting she's oh, like yeah 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 because they usually stick like the enemy will have some kind of gimmick to them and in this instance, the enemy, right, They she's going to stay away from you. But then uh, both Donkey Kong and Mario are part of the level attacking you. Got it. 
So you're really fighting three on one. Right. But the, but then, the, the goal is you have to get rid of Peach. Right. But then they made it a time battle. Oof. So you've only got a certain amount of time to get like, try to get the other guys kind of out of the way and get the peach to beat her. And we haven't done it yet. And that, and this is even on easy mode just because, and uh, because like jumping through the Mario le- or through the um, Donkey Kong level is a pain in the balls anyway. Yes. Um, and then like trying to get the peach who's like jumping away from you, uh, you know, I would is, say is a on so. evaluation off top, off the top of my head, I would say you probably would have the best shot at maybe Captain Falcon because he's so fast. Right. So you might be able to catch up to her quick. Um, but a couple of little things that I want to mention. Yes. Uh, number one, I love Captain Falcon. Um, I, I love playing as him. He has some really killer knees that he can throw. Yes. Uh, which is really great. Um, if you want the bigger, a little slower, but more powerful version of Captain Falcon you'll want to switch over to Ganondorf. Ganondorf and Falcon have a very similar play, play style and skill set, and he also has a Falcon punch. Okay. Um, but so, his, but his, he sacrifices speed for strength. Okay. So you're not going to be as fast as Falcon, but if you can get your hands on somebody, you're going to do a shitload of damage a lot faster. Okay. And that actually sounds like almost the mix between Bowser and Captain Falcon. A little Falcon. bit, a little bit. So. Uh, the thing with Bowser if you ever do end up uh, playing against the girls or playing multiplayer, cause you can always set, you know, you and the girls could be on one team and you could have, depending on, I'm assuming you're playing the most recent smash, correct? The one on yeah. Switch. The one on the, the one on the switch. Yep. Yeah. So you can set it up to be a um, team battle and it could be the three of you versus three computer or three or five computer. You can play up to eight, I think. Right. So, and if, and you have, obviously if you take team attack off, then you can't hurt the girls. And the girls can't hurt you. But um, the my favorite shitty, shitty thing to do with Bowser is he has a move. I wish I could remember the button combination. But he's got a move where he will bear hug the opponent and do a backflip with them. Yeah. And, like, splat them on the ground, which does an okay amount of damage. But the other thing that you can do with it is if they have had, like, at least 50% damage, if you do the bear hug backflip, but you do it off the stage... Chances are they can't recover. So you can just grab them and be like, guess what? Now we both die. And you just suicide and take them. So if you're up like two lives to one, you could be like, we're putting this to bed right now. And you just grab them, suicide you both, and then you win because you had an extra life. That's awesome. Okay. I'll have to, I'll have to look more into that one. What was the other, who's the other person that I was using? uh, Oh, um, the me brawler was another one that I, I, I was enjoying using for a little bit. And um, the me brawler has a German, amazing. Uh, has a gr- has a great German suplex, and I was pissing Piper off once because I was I was probably spamming the move a little bit, but she kept giving me a spot where I could hit it. Um, hey man, and it looked like a fucking Brock Lesnar match by the time we were done. It was hysterical. It was just nothing but <laughs> suplex city. Um, but that's a but that's a great one. But that's part of the reason we we moved over just to doing the. But and also because it helps us unlock people. Because of like course, I of course. like I haven't I've fought Ganondorf, but I haven't been able. He's not one of the ones that have come up to be unlocked yet. So excellent. Um, okay. so, yeah. We figured the more we can go through it, the more people we unlock, the better it gets. And the the story mode's been interesting because it's like it just the map keeps opening and opening and opening. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, we're excited to get to it though. Very very good. I I, I like to hear that. Um, what does uh, what does Shinamite uh, play as? Shinamite uh, uh, likes Peach, of course. Um, which was completely not shocking. Uh, and uh, the uh, what's it called the Inkling? Uh, of course, yes. Yeah, she she. I think she's going more towards the Inkling lately, and less uh, less Peach. Um, because she's found one uh, one of the Inklings in particular that has uh, green hair and is wearing a like skull bandana, and okay. that's like that's like her gimmick now. She, I would say she that's like speaking that. to her aesthetically, right? Exactly. So good, good. So I can see what I've got to look forward to as she gets older. When like, hey I man, really... if she if she can put together a kick ass Inkling costume, like that's not a bad cosplay to go with. That that's not that's that is true. So so now that we've had our little video game corner here. Um, there's another segment that I've got. Well, here's the question. I'm going to leave the choice up to you as you choose your okay. own adventure. 
do we do another non-wrestling segment or do we want to do some wrestling segments? Let's go back and forth, I think. Okay. Let's, so let's okay. do a wrestling segment. This is why you're a professional. So uh, recently, AEW, holy shit, um, there's been some rumors and some other stuff that's been coming about. And yes. so I actually want to talk about a little bit of wrestling uh, for just a moment here. So first of all, uh, I want your take on the recent viral uh, moment from AEW, and that is Orange Cassidy uh, having a showdown with Sting. Uh, I thought that was... I, I think I even I, I shared it on my personal page at one point of the, if you want to know why I like wrestling, this video is it. And it was... Uh, the clip AEW put up was a little bit actually longer than than what a lot of people have seen. Uh, the clip AEW put up had a little bit of um, the before the match, you know, the kind of the 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 match part leading up to that, mm-hmm. um, and then a little bit of the match afterwards. Well, the match that was going on at that point um, was um, Wheeler Yuta, who's starting to wrestle for AEW, um, straight out of the indie scene and one of the bigger yeah. indie names, uh, taking on Darby Allen. Right. Um, who's one of AEW's bigger names right there. And I'll be honest, the stuff before it, because you, Yuta's amazing, um, right. and Darby Allen is, uh, well, I could go on another rant. But in this instance, he was really good. It was it was a really good match. They smartly had it set up to a point where they were like, both of them were down. So then that what happened outside the ring with Orange Cassidy and Sting having their, their you know, their kickoff, um, <laughs> I see what you did there. Didn't right? Didn't take away from anything. Um, and then they showed you know more of the match after that, and and that was like the perfect little clip of like here's some great action with something really ridiculous like out of nowhere in the middle of it, and it worked perfectly. I think all the way across. Um, I think the best part has to go to Sting though for this one here. One for just going with it. Um, because Lord knows there's a bunch of wrestlers who would probably not even remotely consider getting, getting involved in that in any way, shape or form. Um, but the, the part I loved the most was the, uh, the lazy, like sting chest beat that he usually does. Um, usually he does obviously the, you know, the King Kong style, like smacking his chest and screaming to the crowd, but just the lazy, like week one after it was all done absolutely hysterical made made that whole bit like perfect for me so i and i'm not even a sting fan so i that last that last like 15 seconds encapsulates everything for me yeah a not a gigantic sting fan always thought sting was okay right but i also wasn't a super duper wcw kid i was going more towards wwf through the attitude era so i don't have as many like really ingrained memories of sting um but Kudos to him for playing along, and I also agree that the chest beat was the best part. Um, yeah. So way to take a thing and put your own spin on it. Right. Now, to kind of go a little bit further on that, like, kudos to him for going along with it, that just turns around and goes back to my other grievances, even on, like, a local level, with older wrestlers who are not willing to go for a ride with something that's new. Right. Like that these older wrestlers who are just like, no, nope, it's it's either what we did or go fuck yourself. And it's like, OK, right. but this is the thing. People like this thing. If you played along with this thing, people would appreciate you as well. Right. And so Sting stepping up and being like, yeah, no, let's make this let's make this a moment was just great read of that. And, you know, and, and it's not like this is the first time it's ever happened when Mick Foley was like touring the indies for a minute, you know when he was kind of like more in his like Santa Clausy sort of era, every goddamn show he's ever on, somebody's taken Mr. Sacco. Right. So, you know, it's one of those things where when you have somebody who's got a really clear defined gimmick and has, you know, still a good draw to their name. I feel like most people are probably going to fall in line and be like, yeah, let's do it. But I just thought that was a really great moment. I thought that was put together really, really well. And, you know, I felt myself being an asshole and just kind of pointing to him being like, see, see, right. gimmicky stuff is good. See, right. um, and don't get me wrong. It needs to be, you know, and don't get me. Obviously, we're we're probably not the people to ask about balance when it comes to gimmicky stuff, because we, we both true. are pretty heavy 
hardcore into the into the gimmicky shit. But um, there, w- I think we're both willing to admit though that it it needs to be tempered. It can't be everything. No, hundred um, percent. And like you even pointed and, out, the fact that there was a very good match happening, and then we almost had like a commercial break of silliness, and then back right. to a good match. That's fine with me. Yeah. And I've talked to some wrestlers about when they're constructing their match, like, hey, if you have some like wilder or sillier moments at the beginning of your match and then it gets serious as shit by the end, that's called storytelling, baby. That's right. going to make the end feel a lot more important. No, absolutely. Um and, and 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 that's obviously if you're especially if you're going in without it being like a blood feud. Obviously, right. then you have to you know determine what you're doing from there. But yeah, of course. But if this is like a first time matchup or something like that, or right. maybe it doesn't have a lot of like story going into it, then there's no reason to be like, hey, this has to be a serious wrestling match from start to finish. Right. Why? Nobody paid to see this specifically. Right. So why not have fun and then. When it becomes business time at the end, people can go, oh, okay, now we're not goofing around anymore. That right. is something. That's a story. Right. But a lot of – and a lot of wrestlers seem to forget some days that, you know, Baskin and Robbins has 31 flavors of ice cream for a reason because no, man, it's not all, everybody likes it's the all, same thing. So It's all Dean Malenko pistachio, and that's it. Right. If you want something else, then you can go eat shit. Right. So, uh, so second, uh, AEW related story that we're, mm-hmm. we're, we've as a podcast, we have to discuss. So there's rumors abound and confirmations and absolutely. And it's a done deal that, uh, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk are allegedly both signed for AEW. Right. If that is true, if that is the case, uh, what, do, how do you feel about that? If it is true, and I, A, will believe it when I see it. Good, good start. B, um, and I have one that I believe more than another, um, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, uh, But if it is true, and they both did sign, that is probably the two smartest signings that AEW could make right now um my only concern is in all of that is is aew hitting a point where they might be starting to crowd themselves a little bit and that's my one concern Mm -hmm. um that you have a you you have only so much room in the sandbox and i i just uh, i would hate to see other you know kind of talent that you need to build up get forgotten for a lot of the new a lot of the new toys that are coming in um so true, that, that's true but, but don't they have like two shows going now by the way or they've, about to have two shows? they've got um right now they have one show that's actually on television that's on tv one uh, two that are on um YouTube, and then yes, I think another show on the way that's supposed to be on TV as well. Um, and a lot of people, you know, the funny part is I see a lot of people that are making a, a hard time about like, oh, well, a couple of your shows aren't even on TV, they're on YouTube. Yeah, guess guess what actually gets more, it's probably in more houses right now than even TNT or TBS. I guarantee it's YouTube. Every person in the world can go to their goddamn computer, go to their phone, go to their, you know, for most, a lot of people have smart TVs nowadays, go to their Roku, go to their Fire Stick, and bring up goddamn YouTube. Um, Very true. I can't tell you how much stuff that, like, myself and the girls and, like, watch streaming, and especially, to be honest with you, on YouTube. There's a lot of stuff that that, that that my family watches off of YouTube and the like lately. We have found shows and, and things like that that are actually quite interesting. And the fact that they have people that are being broadcast on YouTube and they're getting viewership for it and getting decent viewership from what I can see 
is not a bad thing in any way, shape, or form. Um, they, people just need to, I think, take some of that more seriously. Now, that all that all being said, um, Brian Danielson is an absolutely 100% wonderful sign and one that I am, I will say I am probably 90% positive is going to happen. Okay. Um, that one seems fairly legitimate and I think this is just the type of place that he's going to want to wrestle. And, you know, obviously I've read the rumors. If the rumors are true about like some of the demands he made on his contract um, being what they are, then why not? He supposedly asked for um, slightly less dates for very similar money than what he was working with WWE. Uh, He asked to have some control over his character and he asked to be able to wrestle in Japan. Okay, don't see a problem, and, and apparently, supposedly AEW didn't see a problem with any of that either. Get him on your TV, get him to wrestle, you know, obviously as, as much as possible, but with, without burning him out. Um, let him have control over what he's doing a little bit. Great. And um, he gets to have a bunch of dream matches with New Japan that they get to hype the shit out of too. And quite honestly, this is one of the big things about like, the the proverbial um the forbidden door being opened with all these companies working with each other now um all these companies are getting basically free advertising on these other shows by featuring their characters uh you know the good brothers are on freaking aew all the time well they're the impact tag champs right now true so impact is getting notice off of that one uh, Kenny Omega is carrying the impact title out there with him. He's carrying the triple a title out there with him. People are starting to notice these other companies now because everybody's starting to be real willing to talk to each other on it. And I wish stuff like this had happened earlier. Very um, true. So, um, but I, and I think like, take my advice. If Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, cause he'll be going by his real name again. I'm sure if Brian Danielson is able to wrestle in AEW one week and then go out to Japan and wrestle Okada the next week, well, don't you think the whole world is going to like stop to, to watch that? Of course they are. And you know, AEW gets noticed for it and new Japan gets eyes on them and stuff like that. It, it's, it's a win-win for everybody. I will say as someone who has not been keeping super close eyes on current wrestling product this certainly like perked my little ears up yeah um the both of these rumored signings so it's effective in that way right um i i agree that i do think daniel bryan potentially the better hand to get right now because he's been you know staying fairly consistent he worked his way back into wrestling after you know um the the injuries he was dealing with Mm -hmm. so i would say in terms of like getting your money's worth that's probably the better bet. Um, you know, CM Punk uh, kind of went to MMA, sort of fizzled out, and then, you know, hasn't been doing been doing acting since then. So, you know, obviously he's going to have some ring rust and things along those lines. But I don't know. I, I, I feel like both of them are, are definitely a good call. I think CM Punk would actually be just as interesting if he's doing – commentary or some kind of creative input as just as much as if he was wrestling. Yeah. But I mean, when you pick up something like that, clearly the intent is we got to get these wrestling hipsters in here real bad. Right. And actually the funny part is you said that, that Brian Danielson would probably be the better one worth the money. I actually might disagree with that one. If you can get CM Punk in there, um, even if it's on a short term scenario, uh, I, I think that's going to be worth whatever cost you're, whatever cost you're, getting to, to get him back in the ring because it's going to be take my advice. Daniel, Brian Danielson coming into AEW is going to be a big interest, but the fact that there was a company that was able to talk CM Punk out of his retirement when he's basically said he really had no real interest in getting back into the ring. You're absolutely right. That's going to get the wrestling hipsters out, but that, that is going to make a huge issue, especially since they've got a pay-per-view in Chicago coming up where, you know, they're going to blow the roof off if, if he shows up in that one. I think my biggest question is from here is if you if so, let's say they have signed CM Punk and that's the one I'm not as sure on, uh, because, again, he's been pretty honest about like, no, I'm pretty well done. Um, But let's say they did talk him back out of it. Do you debut him before 
all out in Chicago so that you have the buzz that like CM Punk's going to be in Chicago? Do you debut him at the show to get that like first time CM Punk heading back into a ring type of deal, even if he's not wrestling just to get the hometown, like, you know, welcome back pop. Which so and you book your book you have a company which which way if, <laughs> that's like the phrase I don't know you fucking you book well yeah no I, well I'm interested to know you you know obviously you you've put together like you talked about last week you you put together angles and stuff like this Tony Khan puts you in charge which way do you handle it I have like a I Jesus that's a good question because they're gonna want that moment. They're going to want that moment of him in Chicago. That's the money shot. Oh, gotcha. So, theoretically, I would go either he shows up the week before in wherever the fuck and says, like, I'm going to wrestle in Chicago, which I don't think would be the right call because I, I, you know, who knows if he's actually, like, in that kind of ring shape. But I would probably, if I... Because the on the other hand, you want you want the people tuning in to that Chicago show, right? Not well, just that's... on the like the maybe premise, right? But on the like, oh, he's definitely going to be there kind of thing, right? So I would almost do it if it was me. I would do it like either some kind of vignette at the very end of the episode, or something like that. Or have it, like, via satellite, and he's just like, all right, AEW, I'm listening. Just so everyone's like, oh, my God, there has been contact made. You know, he's – because right now it's just, you know, dirt sheets just keep going like, oh, he signed. He signed. And, right. you know, oh, he's following him on Twitter. Yeah, he's also following WWE and, and a bunch of other companies now. Right, because he's trolling everybody now. Right. right. So I would, I would personally, because the – People have gotten duped so many times. I would do some kind of concrete proof of the show before that he is at least somewhat connected. Like, I wouldn't just do, like, the graphic that says, like, oh, next week, CC book. I would have some kind of clip of him just, even if it's just fucking him just looking at the camera, you know, or whatever. People are going to go, ah! and then everyone's tuning into the, the Chicago show. Can I can I one you up a little bit on this one here? Sure. He does not show up, but AJ Lee does. Okay. You have his the, wife come. You have his wife show up, even if it's on satellite or whatever. And basically, it, it can be something simple. You know. Hey AW, we'll see you in Chicago, but make sure you stress will, mm-hmm. so that they know it's it's both of you. And then, like the place goes, the place is going to go crazy in that instance because most, you know, nerdy wrestling fans like us will quickly put two and two. Will quickly, obviously, put the two and two together. That if you put AJ on there, and then you have him, then but you have him show make. Then you, he has to walk out in Chicago. That, I don't know yes, if you. Yes. I don't know if you open the show with him. You end. I think you have to end the show with him because if you don't end the show with him, like it's, it's mean, like guess, a band. If you if you play CM Punk halfway through the show, people are tuning out. I don't give a shit right. what the main event is. Right. But yeah, somewhere at the end of the show, at the end of it, like, you know, and really all you need is like the first couple chords of freaking cult of personality and the place is going to go right. absolutely ape Which, shit. yeah, They're do you think that Tony off. Khan's forking out the money for that? Oh, Jesus, yes. Oh, Jesus, yes. No, my bigger question was what money does, what's he forking out for Daniel Bryan? What's he forking out for Brian Danielson? Does mm-hmm. he stick? Does he stick with Flight of the Valkyries, which I think is actually like public domain, so he wouldn't have to fork yeah, out that anything. One, that one is public domain. Or do you do the final countdown? Do you do the final countdown? Right. Which personally, I would go with the final countdown, but I think supposedly somebody said that I that they had read an interview that Brian Danielson said he would pretty much stick with um, Flight of the Valkyries because he likes it better. Um, but. I don't know. I would personally go with Final Countdown. Yeah, I would go with Final Countdown. And they already have Tarzan Boy, so clearly, like, we're not existing right. in a universe where, like, well, you, get, you really, like, use real songs. So, I think no. Final Countdown would be amazing. 
And by the way, can I talk about how much I love the fact that Tony Khan is like buying real music up for, for this? I think that's absolutely wonderful. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's something to be said for like in-house theme music if you can get ones that really hit. But like, like we can go through probably a listing right now of theme music that we can think of that were in-house that really hit. But there's going to be a whole bunch that I couldn't even begin to tell you what they were. But like the NWO was an, was an in-house that really right. hit the uh, um, Jake, the snake Roberts original theme was an in-house that really hit uh, Mr. Perfect's theme mm-hmm. was, was it. But then like, I mean, after that, I mean, Hogan's wasn't even Hogan's theme originally. It was for, you know, the U S express and, um, I don't know. I, I'm sure we could, we could, I'm sure that it should be a tournament episode some days is, you know, best. Yeah, well, cause you look at all but... of, and the difference is you look at anything played back from ECW now and how it feels so weird. Right. When the Sandman comes out and enter Sandman isn't playing. Right. When it's just like generic, like, right. and you're like, that's not, that's not how it goes. Right. No, and I think, and like I said, and but he's doing. Tony Khan's doing an excellent job of picking music that fits without it necessarily having to be like an obvious huge song. Um, like I guess the one I would say is probably the biggest one he has would be like, I know he's got Moxley coming out to like Wild Thing now, um, but uh, which really, that, if you're doing the throwback, he should come out to Sweet Caroline. True. Very true. Uh, I don't know if Moxley would would agree with wanting to come out to Sweet Caroline anymore, even after the the drunken singing of it that one time. But uh, it's so good, though, it is so good. So, but all right. So I, I'm jumping. I'm jumping back to uh, to non wrestling topics for a minute okay. here. Um, in a little segment that I'm calling Trailer Hitchin, more like Trailer Bitchin. <laughs> And I'm going to talk about the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer that just hit. I, I'll i be honest, I have not watched it yet. So, so here's to... the fucking thing. Okay. I am very conflicted. Okay. Because I know that, like, I've got enough of, like, a cynical, douchey brain to know that I'm being manipulated. Right. Like, very obviously. But also, I have, like, a stupid puppy brain that is just just being manipulated and is fine with it. Mm-hmm. Like, the tiny State Puff Marshmallow Men, which are kind of being presented as, like, little gremlins. Right. In my cynical poo-poo brain, I'm like, ah, so we decided that we needed to recycle the state puff aesthetic but couldn't just do it again because right the lady ghostbusters did that and everyone took a big shit on that so instead what if we just made them cute and then we can sell them as like blind boxes or yeah of course miniature collectibles so that's in my like no fun zone brain but in my dumb puppy brain, I'm like, oh, man, can't wait to collect them all. Right. Can't wait to buy them. Exactly. Or, you know, at the end of the trailer, for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, we get a, well, somebody makes a phone call. And then you see the inside of an occult bookstore and somebody picks up the phone and says, Sorry, we're closed, and it's Dan Aykroyd's voice. And so, in my cynical, no fun allowed brain, I'm like, so we just can't even begin to tell our own story. We have to drag in these three old, old men to just kind of wave and be like, remember nostalgia? Wasn't that great? Like, we can't make new stars. We can't. We just have to drag up the garage sale actors and be like, hey, remember these guys? They're old now. But then my dumb puppy brain goes, oopsie, you've already pre-ordered the action figures 
of the fucking old Ghostbusters that they're going to be releasing. Did you? The old, did you really? Yes. Have you really pre-ordered them? I yes. So. That's the issue I'm fucking having here. Is I'm like, ah, we're turning what is a very, very good comedy into this Steven Spielberg-y nostalgia romanticized event that we're just callously cashing in on here. But also, oh man, can't wait to see this fucking thing. I'm very conflicted. Can I... Here's what and th- actually this can become a wrestling. Uh, the statement I'm about to make could both be a wrestling statement and a statement about this movie. Which, by the way, when we get into the episode, I will immediately go and watch the the trailer because now I want to. I I did want to watch it earlier and I didn't get a chance to. Um, we should be watching the things that entertain us more with the puppy brain. <laughs> okay that's true for wrestling that's true for the movies that's true for sometimes tv shows etc cetera, etc cetera. the time that we should really 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 turn on the cynical brain and turn on stuff like that is when you're like watching the news or you know something like that that's when you should be really stopping to think about it but, but we are talking like, but what about like being insulted by this kind of shit like the fact that, you know, when you watch the trailer, you're like, huh, there's an awful lot of fucking Walmart in this goddamn trailer. Like, there are things like that that are very shallow and sellouty. Like, there should – I feel like there needs to be some like, – you can't just be like, I don't know, they're just keep feeding me chocolate chip cookies and just, that's what I'm eating. Like, Did you- at a certain point, you should be like, hey, I should probably eat a vegetable too. Did you enjoy the trailer? I don't know. I'm very conflicted. Are you? Are I saw you are, that Janine was in it, and I was like, I don't fucking care about anything else now. Are you buying the merchandise? I fucking already am. I already are you? Are you gonna buy tickets when the movie comes out? Probably, yeah. Eat the fucking cookie. Calm down for a little bit. Now, did I have <laughs> the genuine thought of, uh oh, spaghettios? I'm gonna have to make a tape of this in time to sell to Spooky. And then I went, oh, thank God, it comes out in November. I don't have to worry about that shit. Yes, right. I did have that thought. But, I mean, it's one of the things, like, and, and it, yes, are there are there times that maybe we should be looking a little more cynically at some things on this one? Sure. And again, you're right. Sometimes we need to eat our vegetables. Do we really need to make the Ghostbusters movie the vegetables? No, I guess that's really my big question. Do, is that is this is this the vegetable hill we need to like die on here? I guess is my big question on that instance. It's it's just um, a, it's just a situation where it feels like the decision was made somewhere at the top. Like instead of going, hey, how come the 2016 Lady Ghostbusters didn't work, and that the lesson wasn't well if you just bank on nostalgia you get a lot of man children and they're very opinionated and you know the feminists are taking over and a lot of bullshit no that the answer was we just didn't market the nostalgia enough we changed too much that's a little not great but then i heard jason reitman in an interview say hey, we found the original effect from Ghostbusters 2 of the pink fucking ghost coming out of the goddamn thing, and it's literally the exact same effect copy-pasted here, and I went, fuck yes. I said that out loud to myself, as though, like, they got my letter. So I'm conflicted. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. So... Here's my one problem with the Lady Ghostbusters. Too much pussy. No. First off, there's no such thing. Secondly, <laughs> um, touche, uh, touche. By the way, if you'd like to isolate that, you can throw that in the outro because that's fine. Um, <laughs> it uh, wasn't. It wasn't that they were women. They had a bunch of. They had 
four really great actresses who I think could have done an amazing job if given a script that didn't suck completely. Mm. The script, it had nothing to do with the fact that they were women because I love all four of the actresses that they had in there. The script wasn't that good. The ending wasn't that good. Yeah, true. And and they and they could have played a little bit more on the nostalgia side of it if they wanted to, because it's not like the three Ghostbusters that were previous didn't make an appearance in the movie. Now, obviously not as their actual characters, because this was some sort of like, you know, I, I don't know, multiverse version of the of the Ghostbusters. Um, but you can't make a script that just is horrible. And that was the problem. And a lot of people, I wish more people could have come out when they were complaining about that one and made it less about the fact that, oh, you know, you got all this vagina in my Ghostbusters movie. Um, and just been honest, it's like, hey, listen, the script wasn't that. The script, the, the movie just wasn't good. The movie was, you know, Kate McKinnon was stole that movie. Kate McKinnon was wonderful in that flick. Mm-hmm. Um, but like she can only do so much to try to save it um, from itself. And yeah. and that's just what happened there. Um, now I don't have a problem with this new movie necessarily tagging back and bringing in the old guys, because if, and I guess this will be the big, if, if they do a good enough job of now setting up another movie. Oh, so it's true. If you give us a good setup with some, some valid reasoning of why, the old Ghostbusters are in here to then like pass the proverbial torch over from those characters to these new characters. And then you make another Ghostbusters movie that is good. That doesn't need to involve Dan Aykroyd. Doesn't need to involve Bill Murray. Doesn't need to involve Ernie Hudson. Then great. That Then you they've done their job. And hopefully the, the three original Ghostbusters won't be in there that often. It'll be enough to like, come in and like here i come to kind of save the day at the end hand off and ride off into the sunset that's my hope that could have been my hope for the other movie too and i almost wish they had done something like that um but they didn't um so uh, is there is there something as either a callback or something in general that the new one could do that you would be like fucking 10 out of 10 uh, I don't know. They got a great damn start with Paul Rudd in there. I can say that much. <laughs> um, I I will tell you one thing that I that both my puppy brain and my poo poo brain have agreed on, and that is they are both Paul Rudd. Very, Paul Rudd is dreamy. Paul Rudd is dreamy. Um, they are both very very nervous about. How are we handling Harold Ramis? Right. Because if there's a goddamn CG ghost of fucking Egon, I'm going to be a little weirded out. I don't think the funny part is, you know who I don't think would let that happen? Um, Bill Murray. I feel like Bill Murray wouldn't sign up for that. Now I'm going to say that there's going to be a goddamn ghost to Egon in here. He's going to be doing goddamn cartwheels and be like, like arm and arm, arm and arm with Slimer somewhere. Yes. So. <laughs> but the funny part is though, I could, that would almost, but the weird part is that would almost make sense if they went that way, because obviously I'm, I'm sure you can easily quote the whole history of Slimer and why Slimer ended up in the movie. Right. Because that's John Belushi. Because Belushi was supposed to be Bill Murray's character, and then you know, you know, then John Belushi really liked his drugs, um, so liked his drugs too much, obviously. And then Bill Murray tagged in to to take over that character, but that was what that was originally supposed to be. Here's the thing. Um, Here's the thing. If you want me to be okay uh-huh. with a ghost Egon in the movie. Okay. Just say fuck it and have Maurice LaMarche from the real Ghostbusters cartoon do the voice. 
if it's if it looks like Harold Ramis, but it's got cartoon Egon's voice, then I'll be like, you know what? You're there. Fuck okay. It. Just fuck it. It's great. I think the voice should be done by Tara Strong. She does everybody else's voice. Well, Why not do true. this one too? That's so <laughs> Miss Minutes can definitely do Egon's voice as well. Um so okay. All right, fair enough. That was our segment. But of- yeah. Trailer hitching, more like trailer bitching. Yeah, but everybody, and... stop stop a moment. Eat the chocolate chip cookie every once in a while. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's like, if there's any type of advice I can give out of all of this, maybe not everything needs to be picked to fucking shreds. Eat the cookie. Have Sit back, relax, enjoy it. Have some ice cream. <laughs> Have a drink. Smoke a joint. Uh, the, go, uh... go jerk off a little bit. You'll be fine. Just... <laughs> the other, uh, you're just full of wisdom today. Yeah. Uh, the other... Uh... The other wrestling-related question that I needed to discuss here involves GCW. And so recently, uh, Nick Gage lost the the GCW championship to uh, Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zack Ryder. By the way, briefly, uh, Nick Gage, um, here's the fucking world we live in nowadays as we're recording this is or will be i don't know if he is right now i don't have a tv on uh, is wrestling on goddamn aew tonight which did he get, get officially signed to aew or is he just showing up i believe he's just showing up they are okay. they are doing a very jet very japan type of angle where they are having um for chris jericho to get another match with mjf to get his revenge mjf is putting up five labors in front of him um so, like, last week he had to fight Sean Spears, where I guess Sean Spears was allowed to use his chair, but, like, Jericho couldn't, and Jericho pulled it out of his ass for that one. Uh, this week the labor was uh, it's uh, Jericho versus Nick Gage in a no-DQ match uh, because Gage is fucking insane, uh, but Jericho is pulling out his painmaker gimmick. Um which just looks ridiculous. Uh, I yeah. that's the I love Chris Jericho. I hate the pain maker thing with the dumb paint and the fedora. He looks like he looks like every guy that they use a picture of. He's like, I'm really a nice guy. Why won't girls talk to me? Type of thing. It's like Very because true. you're a fucking creep. That's why Jericho's dressed like that creep. But anyway, so yeah, so uh, yeah, Zack Ryder won the GCW title. Sorry, I just like no, that's fine. That so he won the GCW title, and the ring was filled with garbage afterwards. Yes, the crowd threw garbage. And so that's a big moment. That's a historical moment. And then uh, Meltzer, famed uh, wrestling writer, wrestling journalist, I suppose. Um, Dave Meltzer posts that, like, the people who threw garbage in the ring should be ashamed of themselves. And, like, what a huge embarrassment. And so when this moment first happened, I was like, Melter, you're a moron. Nobody got hurt. I mean, somebody threw a goddamn pizza cutter, but other than that, like, it wasn't like Zack Ryder got, like, you know, tetanus or something like that. Right. There have been moments like that before when the New World Order started, when Hogan was the third man, Mm -hmm. people were throwing garbage in the ring. Not that I want to see that on a regular basis, but there are certain times when the audience shows their betrayal, that they've been betrayed. Right. This is one of those moments. I don't know what the hell Meltzer's thinking that like, oh, like that we've evolved past this or something like that. Again, it's not like it happens every weekend. Right. This was something that I could see justifying that kind of behavior. Right. So that was my first take on it. Then I see GCW has made not one, but two t-shirts in reference to this now. Mm -hmm. The first t-shirt was literally just a screenshot of Meltzer's tweet. Right. And then the second one is says, like, GCW plant, because that became part of, I guess, the theory was that, like, right. oh, well, there were a couple of, you know, agents on the, on the payroll hidden in the audience who started throwing garbage first, and then that led mob mentality for everybody to throw garbage in, and that, you know, this is actually all a ploy by GCW to like make a moment happen. So now they've made two t-shirts, which now, so basically the order of operations for me was first 
draft melts you're a moron. Then the second one of, hey, no, no, no. It's not that the crowd should be ashamed. It's that there were actual agent pro- provocateurs in the crowd who were leading it, and they were plants. Okay, Meltzer, you're an even bigger idiot than I thought. Right. Then I see GCW profiting off this, and now I've come back around full circle So now I'm like, wait a minute, is Meltzer a fucking plant? And did GCW get in his ear to have this shitty old man take on this so that it would go viral that, like, hey, the godfather of wrestling journalism shit on this because fucking Jim Cornette's line was busy. We couldn't get him to do it. So we got Meltzer instead, and now we're going to profit off it because we're so edgy and, like, you know, the 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 Encyclopedia Britannica of wrestling said that we're too edgy and fuck him, Grandpa. If the music's too loud, you're too old. Now that's my belief is that it Meltzer was in on it and that the the crowd's reaction was legitimate, but having Meltzer shit on it was synthetic. Now that's my fucking thought process. Um. I, I'm gonna, tell me if I swear to God, if you tell me to eat the fucking cookie right now, I'm <laughs> right fucking now. Uh, I was not going to tell you to eat the cookie right now. Um, uh, though Meltzer should eat the cookie right now. Um, Very true. Uh, Meltzer should definitely be eating the cookie right now, but that's not his. That's not his thing, though. So I, I would expect nothing less. The funny part is, my favorite thing is everybody immediately went back to the NWO thing. When Hogan turned to find what Meltzer said about it, and Meltzer loved it. Um, so, really, I have more of a problem that Meltzer's a fucking hypocrite in that instance. Because I, I don't... There's not a lot of difference between the two scenarios, in my opinion. Other than one was, like, on a bigger stage. Um, but even then, I have to question if, you know... If even that's the case, because of how quickly this went fucking viral um, and how well it was, how well it's all been like, how well this entire setup has been done. Because did you, do you know, originally kind of, did you follow the whole storyline of kind of how they got to that point anyway? Which part, the NWO or, or the, oh no, um, no, no, the end of the, the stuff with uh, Cardona fighting Gage. Well, yeah, cause he we were clearly setting up for Gage and Moxley and then right. Zack Ryder or Moxley under mask shows up and attacks Gage, except just kidding. It's actually Zack Ryder. Right. And the place went ape shit then for it. Right. Like absolute nuclear, nuclear heat for Zack Ryder for Matt Cardona. So I, I don't know why there would have been any other expectation than absolutely white hot nuclear heat for when he got the win, no matter how unfair it was, because obviously Ricky Shane page came in there and, uh, you know, attacked gauge and, and, you know, basically helped Ryder win the belt. Um, but at some point, somebody's going to get revenge for it. Probably gauge. Gage is going to get his one up on him and go from there. And quite honestly, I, I believe there's even already like a fucking war games signed up for like Gage and his uh, Gage and his group, which also includes Effie. I do believe uh, mm-hmm. it's like Gage, Effie, Mance Warner, and a couple other people taking on Ricky Shane and Page's 44OH group, which I'm sure is going to be like you know, it's going to be a, a, obviously a bloodbath, but then I, I would be shocked if Cardona doesn't find his way in there somehow as well. Um, now it's one of those things. I think the, the reaction was real. We've been to it. You know, we've all seen it a few times. We're like I said, with the NWO or everybody threw trash in, we've seen it happen at other stuff before it. Sometimes it's a, a natural reaction to end it all and i think that Meltzer's take was fucking stupid um it's as simple as that but if, again i i just i i think it's i think the least you know the 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 path of least resistance is probably true on this one it was legit Meltzer made a dumb take that everybody immediately shit on um and the guys who run gcw listen i'm not the biggest gcw fan but the people that run it aren't stupid. They mm-hmm. see a chance to take advantage of something. And even if, quite honestly, all that involves is opening up goddamn, you know, 
you know, uh, the the goddamn screen snipper from from fucking Windows and clipping that goddamn tweet and throwing it on a T-shirt. Good on them for for getting smart about it and, and grabbing that. I haven't seen the GCW plant shirt, but that's hysterical, too. Um, and it'll be great when there's like an audience full of people wearing that shirt because, you know, it's going to sell like fucking crazy. Um, I yeah, like that. I, I guess, you know, my biggest question always is for, for stuff like this is sometimes is I am still confused to this day why there is so much vitriol for guys like Meltzer and even, and I know we've bad-mouthed him on this show before, but even guys like Cornette or guys like um, uh, um, fucking what's-his-hell who used to book um, the New Yorker, he used to book WWF uh, before he went to WCW. Um, Zero clue who the fuck you're talking about. Um, he was the guy that. Oh, Vince Russo. Russo, um, because Russo will say a lot of shit. Yeah. I, I. Why people put so much goddamn stock into what any of those three idiots say, good, bad, or indifferent, makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um other than people just feel like they need shit to argue about on the internet. And those three guys are great about giving them shit to argue about. Um, uh, and but also they're all from that previous era and have right. been propped up as like beacons of knowledge, like that right. they know what the fuck they're talking about. Right. And so I think people just want to feel that kind of sense of rebellion. So, you know, for or, or or people want to both sides of it. People want to feel rebellious, so you know, uh, Pap Pap Meltzer says, "I don't care for that one bit," and you know, feels good to go. Shut up, old man. Right. Or conversely, if you know, I'm some doof who likes my wrestling like I like my women, preferably inbred and kind of boring, and. Jim Cornette says, hey, this like zany moment actually sucked that people like to feel vindicated. So to be like, ah, this guy who did wrestling for 150 years and worked for a million companies said that sucked. And I also said that sucked, which means I know what I'm talking about. So that's that's where I assume that kind of general mob mentality comes from. But to your point. They should all shut the fuck up. Right. And who cares? Well, I mean, or they, and quite honestly, no, don't even worry about it. Don't shut the fuck up. Keep saying what you want. But for the most part, everybody else, uh, you, don't, you don't have to make such a big goddamn deal about what all of them said. Uh, Meltzer made a dumb, you know, and, and I read it. Meltzer made what I thought was a really, a pair of really dumb lines that like, oh, they should be embarrassed. The only person that should be embarrassed is whoever the asshole was that threw the pizza cutter. Yeah. Like, if we're throwing, you know, freaking empty soda bottles and stuff, it's a great visual, but nobody's really going to get, like, uh, it's not like we're selling, like, thick, you know, goddamn glass Coke bottles or, you know, Miller Lite in in goddamn bottles anymore. It's in fucking, usually it's in plastic and cans and, you know, thin-ass aluminum and shit like that. So the worst that was going to happen is a few things were going to bounce off them. The dick that threw in a weapon... Well, you're an asshole, and yes, you should be embarrassed. That guy, that one, that guy alone should be embarrassed. Okay. And, and then, like I said, and then other than other than that, like then trying to say that there was some sort of plant in there is, is just ridiculous too. And quite honestly, though, here's my other question: though, it's wrestling. If there was a plant in there, and it took a couple of people to throw some stuff in to then get the rest of the audience to play along. That's a great job of that on that plants part. That would work. You know what? That's that, actually a that's actually a decent point because you know the famous Al Snow debuting in ECW thing was a plant. Like before he came out, Paulie had some people run out and hand a bunch of styrofoam heads to the crowd. Yeah. And be like, hey, when this next guy comes out, regardless of who it is start whipping these things around. And we were like, okay. And then Al Snow came out and they did it. And people were like, who's this goddamn Al Snow guy? Right. 
Are you kidding? I was in the audience at an ECW arena show when they handed out the heads before before he came out. It's not like I walked. It's not like we walked in with them. Right. They used to go. Apparently, you know, ECW guys used to go to like, you know, whatever the fucking, equivalent of Party City you know, was. Beauty, beauty supply stores and buy up the you know the foam wig heads to hand out, and it it absolutely worked like a charm. Why yeah, the fuck so- not? If you know, if you need to plan a little something there, so be it. But but if you can get like legit serious anger like you did out of that plant even if you only even if you did have plants in there let's say even they had 10 plants in that audience that audience was packed they were fully invested and that means even if you had 10 people throw in you still then had hundreds of other people that were quick to join right in with that and showed some legit like actual anger at a situ at a situation that happened in a wrestling ring. Isn't that what we're supposed to be looking for? Isn't that what we want? We, you want a reaction. You want people to talk about it so that you can get more people to be, oh, well, hold it. What the hell was that? And keep watching. True. Well, don't slap that down. Hey, listen, yeah, maybe they had plants out there, but holy crap, look at that audience reacting, reacting to this. They're really angry about it, and damned if, you know, this is probably the most freaking Zack Ryder's been talked about in, in years. Let him have the moment, you know, grab a hold of it and, and, you know, run with it. Good good for them, for them making a moment. And now everybody's going to be interested, A, in that War Games that's coming up that they're doing, and then B, you know, when's Matt Cardona going to get his ass kicked for, for all of this? Because it's got to happen at some point. Is it going yeah, to be Gage? True. Is it going to be somebody? Is it going to be Gage? Is it going to be somebody else? Does like, does you know Effie go after him? Does Mance Warner go after him? Like, you've got options now. You've got a bunch of matches where a lot of people are going to be super interested to see what happens next. Let it happen. Good for them. So, yeah, agree. All right. So that's all I have. That's, that's all I have. Eat the damn cookie. That's all I've got for this episode. Uh, Chad, any closing thoughts? Anything else that you want to bring up? Uh, no, I don't have any real topics, but, um, obviously if you're not following us already, uh, you should be at IndyCast, I-N-D-Y-K-A-S-T, follow our, uh, very wonderful, uh, uh, Wrestling Nerds Radio Network at the W-N-R-N, that's also on Twitter, uh, for IndyCast, you can find us on pretty much, at, uh, pretty much anything, um, uh, so look around for us, uh, swipe right if you find us on, like, on one of those sites, um, follow our buddies, uh, follow our buddies who, uh, have been putting on some really killer shows lately of, uh, team Hammerfist, uh, T E A M H A M M A F I S T. Uh, you can't spell MMA without Hammerfist, uh, as they like to say lately, though they talk about wrestling. So I'm not sure why that totally works, but it does. Um, and uh, Kate Nix, uh, follow her at The Goblin Mother and uh, listen when she has another episode of The Lullaby Lounge coming up. And find her on uh, Twitch and the like, too. And uh, catch her live shows when they come up. Uh, they are super awesome, and you should be listening to them. Uh, Zach, why don't you, uh, do you have any fully gimmick get your shit in you'd like to, uh, you'd like to do? As a matter of fact, yes. Uh, we've been dropping some new merch uh, pretty consistently. And, in fact, today, uh, our very own uh, brilliant... American Dadass, uh, Jesse Long, has developed and dropped the gimmick guidebook uh, since we've talked about on many occasions the famous Roddy Piper used to carry his like catchphrases and things like that in a notebook and ideas and gimmicks and character stuff. And so uh, we've developed our own little notebook uh, to do just that. And I will gladly grade anyone's notes and give feedback who happens to buy one. And, uh, yeah, we're looking to give back and help. And then we also have a uh, Delilah Doom uh, T-shirt on the way soon. As I mentioned in the last episode, there's going to be a Christian Override Zach Romero shirt soon because why not? Um, I just got off of doing Kaiju Big Battle, uh, which which was uh, Love is a Different Kind of Danger. And that was fantastic uh, in Orlando at MetroCon. Uh, so when that footage eventually hits the internet, make sure you watch it. And, um, I, oh, and we just did Frankenhooker 
on uh, Brainbuster Video. So if you have VHS uh, playing capabilities and you've always wanted a copy of the cult classic Frankenhooker but didn't want to pay $150 for it because that's the current going price for a VHS copy of Frankenhooker, no fucking thank you. Uh, look at Brainbuster Video on Etsy or Mercari and pick yourself up a copy. Very nice. Also, go pick up the very, uh, the very hysterical uh, Ivan Foley gimmick right now. Pick up the uh, Showdown in Jonestown shirt because that's freaking <laughs> awesome. Um, I've already ordered mine, so I'm going to be wearing that one fairly regularly. As, as well, you should. God damn it! So, uh, all right. Well, Zach, I think that is uh, everything. So, uh, thank you all, uh, you wonderful dozens and dozens, you wonderful wrestling nerds out there, for once again listening to the IndieCast. Uh, until next time, everybody, I am, as always, Coculus Maximus. I am Sticky Steamboat. Uh, and uh, as we always say, everybody, Deuces. Hope I don't poop today. Hercules Mulligan. A jump scare is the Canadian destroyer of horror films. Pardon me. Might I suck my own dick for a second? I'm ready to greet the day, you <laughs> fucker. Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are. We're touching wieners. Touching wieners professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Love it. Birds don't give a fuck about your life.